communicates his faith by knowledge. The believer communicates his faith by knowledge. The believer communicates his faith by knowledge. We said that a believer is known by how much he knows. Your actions as a believer, you communicate your faith by your knowledge. So a believer is known by his or her knowledge. A believer is known by his or her knowledge. Very vital. A believer is known by his or her knowledge. I'm doing a little recap so you understand where I'm going. And I've taught you that emphasis is good for clarity. So don't underestimate and don't think you have written this already. So that's it. Please. A believer is known by his knowledge. Stephen, can you read Philemon chapter 1, verse 6? Philemon chapter 1, the verse number 6. Philemon 1, 6. Philemon chapter 1, the verse number 6. Mm-hmm. That the communication of thy faith. He says may that the communication effectual. of thy faith may become effectual. By the acknowledging of every good thing. By the acknowledging of every good thing. Which is in you in Christ Jesus. Which is in you, the believer, that is in the that is in, in Christ, Christ Jesus. That is in Christ Jesus. And then we said that the word acknowledgement is epignosis. E-P-I-G-N-O-E-P-I-G-N-O-S-I-S. Epignosis. E-P-I-G-N-O-S-I-S. Epignosis. This is what epignosis means. Epignosis means an accurate and precise understanding, an accurate and precise understanding, epignosis. I'm defining epignosis for you. The spelling is E-P-I-G-N-O-S-I-S, epignosis. The meaning of epignosis is very important you get it. It means an accurate and precise understanding of facts. An accurate and precise understanding of facts, events, times, and persons. An accurate understand an accurate and precise understanding of facts of events of times of persons so you can have epignosis let's say about computers about events about the fact about times about persons so words i've said that find their meaning in sentences that they are placed in so when epignosis means to have an accurate and precise understanding of facts so you'll be wondering what facts are you supposed to have a precise understanding of what facts are you supposed to have what facts or what events what facts what events 
what times and what person am I supposed to have a, an accurate and precise understanding of? So when he says, can you can Stephen read that verse again so we all be on the same page? We are doing Philemon chapter one, the verse number, the verse number six. Philemon one six. Philemon one six. That the communication of thy faith. He says that the communication, we say communication is union. The word communication is union. Communication is union. That is the union between the Christian and Christ in the Father. May become effectual. It may become effectual. By the acknowledging of every good thing. By the Christian's ability to have an accurate and precise understanding of every good thing which is in you in Christ which Jesus. Which is in the believer that is in Christ Jesus. So what the writer Paul is telling us that is that we as believers must have an accurate and precise understanding of what is in us that is in Christ Jesus. That for me to be an effective Christian, I have to have an accurate, I have to have an accurate and precise understanding. So whatever I determine to know about Christ that is in Christ must be accurate. Number two, it has to be precise. I have to have a precise knowledge, not hearsay. Because one of the things I have noticed as a pastor for 26 years is that there is a lot of hearsay in the Christian body. A lot of people have gathered understanding from hearsay. Somebody said this. They have not cross-checked the facts. They don't know how accurate it is. And then we just follow people in doing things without cross-checking from Scripture, whether what we know is accurate or precise. Just like a lot of Christians do pray and kill witches and all that. Has anybody sat down? All pastors, including me, have we sat down to study witchcraft in the Bible, or we study witchcraft from Nigeria movies. It's interesting. I was telling somebody yesterday that the kind of understanding we have concerning witches is not in the Bible. It is only in our movies and in our African Christianity that our witches fly. I don't know how and where we gathered that knowledge from and our witches chew human meat. Very amazing. When you then come and say that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal and that we are fighting against spirits. If the battle is with the devil who is not physical, at what point did the devil start chewing human meat? And you know this wonderful human meat business? You can't find even a verse of scripture in the Bible. 
not even one verse, let's say it's quoted out of context. Where witches choose somebody's meeting in the Bible. Very interesting. But people have established churches, do programs, put Jesus' name on top of their program. And Jesus led them. And that's how we are not detailed when it comes to knowledge. We just hear things. I have said this a couple of times that when I got saved, I came to meet some things in Christianity. And sometimes it's because a father in the Lord was doing it. I never sat down to read the Bible for myself to find out that this killing of witches and all these ideas about witches is a biblical. What did Christ leave the believer? I don't think that some of us have walked in that fullness of authority that Paul, Peter, James, they were walking. So if anybody should encounter witchcraft flying to meet them and coming to chill them, it should have been Paul, Peter, James. But in the house of apostles, you will hardly hear the name witch. But in our Christianity, from wherever that ignorance derived from, our main focus is witches. That is why I keep saying it, and you have to understand that you communicate your Christian work by knowledge. So you can be very effective in something that doesn't exist. You will be very effective in something that doesn't exist. Self-created information. And you can't tell me you know spirituality more than Christ Jesus. Why didn't Jesus tell us about that witch that flies at night? Where? That's why I'm spending time to help us, we all learn to have accurate knowledge. So the question again you ask again is that, what is the knowledge that the believer must have? And we say, according to the word of God, the knowledge the believer must have is the knowledge of every good thing which is in the believer that is in Christ. What is the knowledge I should get accurately? What is the knowledge I should get precisely? What is the knowledge I should get comprehensively? Is the knowledge of every good thing that is in me that is in Christ? That leads to the next question. Why am I to get this knowledge? The reason is that the believer is identified in Christ. Your identification as a believer is in Christ. That is who you are, what you have become, what you have, what you possess is all in Christ. Next point. So I must know what he has done. I, as a believer, must know what Christ has done. I must know what Christ has done for me. I must know what I have. I must know what Christ has done for me. I must know what I have. How would I know these things? 
I can only know what I have, what I have become, what I am, by looking into Christ. If I have to know what I am, who I am now, if I have to know what I have in Christ, if I have to know what Christ has done for me, the only way to find out is to look into Christ. Because that's where my identity is as a believer. And to look into Christ is to look into the Word. Because Christ is the Word. Christ is the Word. So looking into Christ is looking in the Word. I look in the Word. Stephen James chapter 1 verse 22 to 25. James chapter 1, verse 22 to verse 25. But be you doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. For if any man be a hearer of the word, and is not a doer, is like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass. For he beholdeth himself, and goeth his way. Stephen, can you take your time? Start again, please. James chapter 1, verse 22 to verse 25. But be ye doers of the word. He says, but be ye doers of the word. And not hearers only. And I shouldn't be a hearer only of God's word. So he really said you shouldn't hear the word. He says, be a doer of the word, not just a hearer. Deceiving your own self. Because when you are just a hearer, and you are not a doer of God's word, you are deceiving your own self. For if any man be a hearer of the word. For if any man is a hearer, so he's describing to you the two people. When somebody is just a hearer of the word, and not a doer, and the person is not a doer of God's word, he is like unto a man. So if you want to know somebody who is a doer of God's word, this is how the person looks like. He says, a doer of the word. He is like unto a man. He is like unto a man beholding his natural face. His natural face in a glass. glass. The the right word there is a mirror. Mm -hmm. For he beholdeth himself. For he beholdeth himself. And goeth his way. And then the doer of the hearer of the word goeth his way. And straight away forgets what and manner of man. Straight away was. forgets what manner of man he was. He, he uses the word was. Why is he using the past tense? Because when you look into the word, the word reflects who you are. When you move out, that is what the Bible says you are. It is in your past tense. It is not something you are trying to do. What the word of God says you are is what you are. It's like God saying you are blessed. It's not he's now going to bless you. You are blessed. So when he looks into the mirror of liberty, the word of God that tells him who he is, God says you are my righteousness. God says you are my son. God says you please me. When he looks in the mirror of the word of God and he tells him, what does he do? 
then straight away forget what manner of he man says, he was. Straight away, straight away, a lot of us we easily forget what manner of man we are according to the word of God. You start looking at yourself with what you are not. So the Bible describes somebody who is not a doer of God's word as somebody who forgets who God says he is. So the moment you forget who God says you are, you are not a doer of God's word. The moment you forget who God says you are, you are not a doer of God's word. Tell us who a doer of God's word is. Verse 25. 25. But whosoever looks but into the perfect law of liberty, the perfect law of liberty. We are reading James chapter one verse twenty-five now. But whosoever looketh in the perfect law of liberty, and continueth therein, and you continue to look, he be not a forgetful hearer. You not being a forgetful hearer of what the word of God in the liberty word of the Lord says. He uses the word liberty so that you will not go to Moses and start quoting Deuteronomy 28. That comes a blessing with condition is not the word of liberty. Thou shalt be blessed in the city. Thou shalt be blessed in the village if you do this and that. That is not the law of liberty. The believer must make sure you know which scriptures you are quoting for yourself. You must always make sure you are not living in the Old Testament in your New Testament life. I'm saying this again. Make sure you are not living your, your New Testament with an Old Testament lifestyle. Let me give you a practical example. Since this coronavirus came, a lot of people are saying, the Bible says, oh, we have seen, if the people that are called by name shall handle themselves and repent, all these things, they are quoting the Old Testament that doesn't refer to the believer. The believer must know that in the Old Covenant, the only way they got things is by doing things. That is where you give, you get. That is where you ask for forgiveness, you are forgiven. That is where you sacrifice, and it is your sacrifice that opens their, in quote, heaven. But under the new covenant, forgiveness is not as a result of your prayer or your fasting. Under the new covenant, under the new covenant, Forgiveness is not as a result of your prayer or your fasting. It's very important that as a believer, you understand this. A lot of people struggle with this. So the moment you hear people quoting sin scriptures, it simply means they are living the new in the old. It's important that you understand Let's look at the new covenant very well. We'll come back. Hebrews chapter 8 from verse 7. Hebrews chapter 8 from the verse number 7. Hebrews see, chapter amplify. 8. Can you read Amplify? Let me see what the Amplify says. Hebrews chapter 8, reading from verse 7. The Amplified Bible. Mm -hmm. 
For if that first covenant had been faultless. For if that covenant has not been finding fault, there would have been no occasion for a second one. There wouldn't have been no occasion for a second one. Or an attempt to institute another one. Or an attempt to institute the new covenant. However, However, God, God finds fault with them showing its inadequacy. God find fault with them showing his inadequacies. When he says, when behold, he says, the days will the come. The days will come. The Lord says the, the Lord. When I will make when I will make and ratify a new covenant with the house of Israel mm-hmm. and with the house of Judah. Mm-hmm. Verse 9. Not like the covenant that I made with their fathers. Mm-hmm. On the day when I took them by the hand to lead them out of the land, he of says, Egypt. "Not like the one that happened in the wilderness, where Moses was in charge. The covenant of Moses, the one Moses was the mediator. That one, it is action according to what you do is what you get. That is the covenant." He says, "This is not like the one I did with the people of Israel when I brought them from Egypt." Continue. For they did not abide in my covenant. Because they did not abide in my covenant. And so I withdrew my favor and disregarded them, says the Lord. Mm -hmm. For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days. He says, but this is is the new covenant. What is the new covenant? I will imprint my laws upon their minds. I will imprint. He is the one going to imprint his laws upon your mind. Even upon their innermost thoughts and understanding. Even upon your innermost thoughts and your understanding. And engrave them upon their hearts. And I will engrave them upon their hearts. Effecting their regeneration. Mm -hmm. And I will be their God. And, and I will be, be their people. God, and they will be my people. Continue. Verse 11. And it will not be necessary for each one to teach his fellow citizen, mm-hmm. or each one his brother, saying, Know no, by Lord. experience. No, teach ah, by experience. Have it's knowledge good. of the law. Have knowledge of the law. For mm-hmm. all will know me by experience. For all will know me by their personal encounters. And have knowledge of me. Mm-hmm. From the least to the greatest of them. For I will be merciful and gracious toward their wickedness. I will and be I... merciful and gracious towards what? Their wickedness. Their wickedness. And I will remember their sins no more. And I will remember their sins no more. Verse 13, when God speaks of the new covenant, he makes the first one obsolete. Mm-hmm. And whatever is becoming obsolete, out of use, annulled, and growing old, is ready to disappear. So the moment you entered into the new covenant, the old covenant and its rules cease to apply to you. It seems to apply to you. So you can be reading the Bible, but you'll be reading the wrong mirror to yourself. So what have you been mirroring? People can be quoting scriptures. 
but they are not quoting from the law of liberty. So in the old covenant, forgiveness of sins was by confession. In the old covenant, your performance determined what will happen to you. What you do, your seed determines the favor you get. In the old covenant, your prayers and everything you did, it was by what you do. But in the new covenant, let's go back to James chapter 1, 25. James chapter 1, verse number 25, King James mm-hmm. Version. But whosoever looketh into the perfect law of liberty. But whosoever looketh into the perfect law of liberty. And continueth therein. And you continue there in looking. He be not a forgetful hearer. You not forgetting what the word of God says about you. That in but, him you have forgiveness. In him you have redemption. Even the forgiveness of sins. When you don't forget what the Bible says about you, what you have, what you have become, the power you possess. <laughs> but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deeds. This man shall be blessed in his deeds. So you are a doer when you are not a forgetful, a forgetful hearer. A new covenant Christian is a doer of God's word when he is not a forgetful hearer of what the Bible says he is. So if the Bible says you are this, you don't forget what the Bible says. When you don't forget, you are doing the word of God. That is why we said the mirror is in Christ. The mirror is in Christ. Ephesians chapter 1, verses 19 to 21. Ephesians 1, 19 to 21. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 19 to 21. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us what who believe? Maybe you have to step a step back. Go to 17 so that we get the whole picture of what you say. Ephesians chapter 1, reading from verse 17. Mm-hmm. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ. He says that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ. The Father of glory. The Father of glory. May give unto you the spirit of wisdom. He will give unto you, the believer, the spirit of wisdom. And revelation in the knowledge of him. And revelation in the knowledge of him. The eyes of your understanding being so enlightened. So that is Paul praying for the, the Philippians church. He says that the eyes of your understanding will be enlightened. When it may be, what will your that eyes be enlightened to? That ye may know what is the hope so of So that calling. you know what is the hope of the call he has called you with. And what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the And what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us, what? And what, believe? please note this, what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us, what? Who believe? So there is a power that is towards the believer. The believer must know the exceeding greatness of his power that he has given to you. Uh-huh. According to the working of his mighty power, the power that is according to God's 
mighty power, the working of his mighty power. Which he wrought in Christ. Which he wrought in Christ. When he raised him from the dead. When he raised Jesus from the dead. And set him at his own right hand. And set him at his own right hand. In the heavenly places. In the heavenly places. Underline the heavenly. I'll be explaining it. So his right hand in the heavenly. Is a key word we have to take note of. Next point. So as a believer, I must know accurately and precisely what God did in Christ. As a believer, I must know accurately and precisely what God did in Christ in three days and three nights. As a believer, I must know accurately and precisely what God did in Christ in the three days and three nights that Jesus died and resurrected. I said, I'll be teaching you why it was three days. Why three days? Why didn't he resurrect the next day? Why three days? So as a believer, I must know accurately and precisely what God did in Christ in the three days. Number two, I must know the power that is in his resurrection. Like Paul said, that I may know and the power of his resurrection. So as a believer, I must know the power that is in the resurrection of Jesus. Number three, as a believer, I must know how the power available, I must know how the power available to me is. As a believer, I must know how the power available to me is. Another important fact every believer must know. A very important fact. I want you to write it in capital. An important fact every believer must know is that Christ was raised and made to sit far above. Please, it's important. One of the key things I must know as a believer is that Christ was raised and made to sit far above. He was made to sit far above without anybody above him. Christ was raised and made to sit far above without anybody above him. And this is the glory of his inheritance in the saints. Christ sitting far above and there is nobody on top of Christ. This is the glory of the inheritance in the saints. The saints refers to the believer. So Christ is sitting at the right hand of the Father and where he is sitting is far above. Far above. Far above. All. Ephesians chapter 1, 22 and 23 again. Very important. Ephesians 1, 22 and 23. Please Ephesians take your Bible 1. and read along. It's very important that these things you don't forget. Ephesians chapter, Ephesians 1, chapter 1, verse 22, and, 22 and, 23. and 23. And has put all things under his feet. Please start from 21. 
starting from verse 21. Far above all principality. Far and above power. all principality and power. And might. And might. And dominion. And dominion. And every name that is named. Where Jesus is sitting is far above any dominion, kingdom. Every name that is named. Not only in this world. He says not only in this world. But also in that which is to come. But also the world to come. 22. And has put all things under his feet. He has put all things underlined under his feet. He has put all this authority under his feet. Where is the feet? Continue. And gave him to be the head over all things to the church. And he has given all this authority to who? The church. The church. Please underline that. The church is the body of Christ. And all the authority that was given to Christ, he has given that authority to the church, which is his body. Continue 23. Which is his body. The which is his of him, body. The fullness of him that, that filled all, all in all. all. So everything, oh my God. Please write it this way. This is very serious. All things done to Jesus, all things done to Jesus are given or were given to his body, the church. All things done to Jesus. His death is our death. His burial is our burial. His resurrection is our resurrection. His exhortation is our exhortation. So all things done to Jesus are given or were given to his body, which is the church, which is you. All things, my goodness. All things. Every believer must know this. This is what I call what every believer must know. So if Jesus is seated far above all principalities, powers, dominion, every name, the believer must know that he is sitting where you are, who you are. You are above. My goodness. So these things are given to you by identification as a believer. The moment you believe the gospel, all that happened to Jesus, all that was given to Jesus is given to you, the believer. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 5. Let's go to the next chapter. See, when you, you follow the reading, so he's told you that may your eyes be enlightened so you know what is the hope of his calling, what is the riches of his inheritance in the saints, which God wrapped when he raised Jesus from the dead and set him far above his body, his powers and, and all, all dominion and above every name that ever existed even in the world to come. And he says all these things and he goes to verse, chapter 2, verse, verse, you go to verse 5 because of that. Chapter 2, verse 5. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 5. Even when we were dead in sin. He says, even when we were dead in sin. Even when we were dead in sin. I explained the last time that Adam's death, the day you eat this fruit, you will surely die. Adam died in sin. That death was in sin. Because he sinned. When God said, Adam, the day you eat this fruit, you will surely die. Adam's death was in sin. 
Even when we were dead in sins, he says, even when we were, when we were dead in sin, he has quickened us together with Christ. Oh, even when we were dead in sin, not when we came to him, when we were dead in sin, he has what? Quickened, quickened us, us together with Christ. Together with Christ. By grace ye are saved. He says, by grace ye are saved. Verse 6. And has raised us up together. And he and has raised us, us what? Up together. And made us sit together in heavenly places in so, Christ Jesus. My goodness. So wherever Christ is sitting, you are sitting there. Whatever was given done to Christ was given and done to you, the believer. So if Christ is sitting at the right hand of the Father, ladies and gentlemen, if you are in Christ, you are not sitting spiritually on planet Earth. You are sitting in Christ far above. Believers don't know this. And we give power to the devil. We make the devil feel he's more anointed, he's more whatever we think. Out of our movies we create, we have created a powerful devil that is not in the Bible. Powerful devil that is only in Africa, not in the Bible. Hear me? I said we were raised from sin into life. We were raised from sin into life. A very important fact you should know is that it is not a process. God is not gradually raising you from sin to life. It was an instant thing. Being raised from sin to life is not a process. Don't let anybody deceive you that you are now living a life into God. There is no process in raising the dead. When somebody is dead and the person is raised, it's an instant thing. So when we were dead in sin and we were raised with Christ, the same way Christ rose, the same way we also rose. We don't raise the dead in stages. So just like Jesus, we step out of death to life. So as a believer, you have stepped out of sin to life. You have stepped out of obscurity to liberty. You have stepped out of bondage. You have stepped out of whatever they call ancestral, whatever, blind line, whatever. It is not a process. So when you see somebody who has stepped out of, into the life of God, breaking ancestral cases, then you know this verse is Luke 24, 20, 25. Luke 24, 25. All oh, fools and snow to have believed all that Jesus has done for you. When a believer goes for breaking of curses, it's not only the pastor. It is you and the pastor that Luke 24, 25 belongs to. You don't. How does the believer subject himself or herself to be what? Hear me. We as believers, we are now where Christ is. Please write it in capital. We as believers, we are where Christ is. I am where Christ is. I am where Christ is. 
where Christ is, is where I am. So wherever, that's why the Bible will say, whatever can happen to Jesus can happen to you. You have to know it. Then speak it. Believe it, speak it, live it. What can happen to Jesus? Because you are where Christ is. When I first got saved, my early ages, my early stages in Christianity, there was this Don Moore song that I really used to like. We are going up to the high places. Yeah. We're going up high places. Oh, we're going up to the high places to tear down the kingdom of whatever. To pull down the kingdom of the devil or whatever we're going to do. So we are going up to high places to tear up the kingdom of the devil down. So the impression this song gives is that the devil is in a high place. Oh, Master. Yet, where Christ is sitting, nobody is above him. So you can't be in Christ and go above to deal with the devil. Does it make sense? You can't be in Christ and go to where it's ignorance. There is nothing above Christ. So because of this, we said the devil cannot afford identity crisis. That the believer cannot afford identity crisis. You see, the devil only operates on our ignorance. When he knows you don't know who you are, he takes advantage of you. So when you are singing, we are going up to the high places to take in the bed, then he says, Yeah, now me. I'm a They don't even know who they are. So the devil can play with Christians. They tell them, let somebody manifest. Me, come in, come in, come in, come in, come in, come in, come in. Yes, seven years, ma. Oh, baby, watch it. Who's the baby? I'll be watching. Ain't you watching with the end of the machine? Why in the whole Bible, ma? Oh, yeah. Jesus. Now, a whole church. Oh, you know, you're going to go. So, for some moment, we the whole time, the Satan has crossed his legs and said, Nah, man. Woman, you, woman, you, and Jimmy Ford, they don't know who they are. Now, soft for bushes of penny, me too, feel free. Yeah, I have you near put the oil, near the pretty, pretty hot. Make I fight, make I one rubber, pay, you have one, pay, two, pay, three. Let your amen sound like tender or fire. Ignorance is a disease. The believer cannot afford identity crisis because the devil will come and twist the word of God to you. He has created an impression that he's bigger than whatever. So we believe in that ignorance. And he, do you see what the Bible says? The Bible says, because my people lack knowledge, they are in bondage. And then the Bible says, you know the truth and the truth sets you free. Have you seen the irony of the two things? Knowledge sets free, ignorance keeps you in bondage. And that's what is happening. That's why I can't afford identity crisis. I, next point, I as a believer must see what Christ has done. 
I must see what Christ has done for me, what he has done to me. This is two key things. What he has done for you and what he has done to you. Because after the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ, you never remain the same. You never did. Something has been done for you and to you. For you was payment of your sin. Redemption. To you is that your identification position changed. So I must know what Christ has done for me, what he has done to me. What I have in Christ, who I am in Christ. What I have in Christ, who I am in Christ. And most importantly, all that is in Christ is mine. Oh my God. Another capital writing. All that is in Christ is mine. All that is in Christ is mine. How did Jesus do this? John chapter 14 verse 2 and 3. Can we all go to John chapter 14 again? John 14, 2 and 3. How did Jesus make all these things available? How was it possible? We are looking at how it became possible that whatever is in Christ is for us. John chapter 14, verse 2 and verse 3. Mm -hmm. In my father's house are many mansions. In my father's household are many places. If it were not so, if it were not I so, would have told you. I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you. He said, and if I go, he was going to do the preparation there. I will come again and receive so he will come. To myself. So Jesus was leaving where we are to go to where he's going. And where he's going is where the preparation is. I will come again and receive you unto myself. I will come again. So coming is he's coming to where we are to receive us unto himself. That where I am. That where I am. Then ye may be also. So the preparation was his death, burial, resurrection. So that the space is created in his father's household. So we can be family members with Christ. Verse 10. John chapter 14, verse number 10. Mm -hmm. Believest thou not that I am in the Father? And Jesus the Father says in to me. Philip, Believest thou not that I am inside the Father? So if he's going to the Father and the Father is inside him, his Father's house is inside him, believest thou not that I am in the Father and the Father is inside me? The words that I speak unto you, the words I, I am speak speaking not of myself. You, I speak not of myself. But the Father that dwelleth in me. He says, but the Father, the he dwelleth the way. Look at verse 16. John 14, verse 16. Mm hmm and I will pray the Father. And I will and pray shall, the Father, and he shall give you another comforter. That he may abide with you forever. That he will abide with you forever. 17. Even the spirit of truth. Even the spirit of truth. Whom the world cannot receive. Whom the world cannot receive. 
because it seeth him not. Because the world, unbelievers, don't see the Spirit of God. You can't receive the Spirit if you are an unbeliever. <laughs> Neither knoweth him. Neither knoweth him. But ye know him. But ye know him. For he dwelleth with you. Because he dwelleth with you. And shall be in you. And he shall be where? In you. Verse 19 and 20. Yet a little while. Yet a little and the world while. Seeth me no more. And the world will see me no more. But ye see me. But ye see me. Because because I live. Because I live. live. You will live also. Though he was talking about his resurrection, his death. When he resurrects, he is alive. Jesus is alive. And because he is alive, you and I, we are alive. 23. 23. Verse 23. Mm -hmm. Jesus answered and said unto him, mm. If a man love me, if a man loves me, words, and he will keep, he will my, keep words. my words, uh -huh. and my father will love him, and my father will love him, and we will come unto him, and we and will make, come unto him, and make our abode with him. So this scripture in my father's house is not we going to heaven. They were to come to us. We will come unto him and we will make our abode in him. So he, Jesus was not saying he is going and we are going to meet him in heaven somewhere in a certain planet, in a certain real estate. No. He says we will come to him and make, and make our abode with him. We will make our abode. You can write this. Jesus was to return, but in his return, this time in his spirit, Jesus was to return. And in his return, he is coming in his spirit and to make an abode in the believer. So Jesus' second coming, he came in the form of a spirit to dwell in the believer. And this is why the believer is one in Christ and in the Father. This is why the believer is one in Christ and with the Father. So this is not something that was going to happen at rapture. It happened at redemption. In my father's house are many mansions. It happened at redemption, not a rapture story. Very important we know this. Acts chapter 2, verse 32 to 35. The book of Acts chapter 2, verse 32 to 35. Acts chapter 2, verse 32 through to verse 35. Mm -hmm. This Jesus had God raised up. This Jesus had God raised all, up. Whereof we all are witnesses. Whereof we all are witnesses. God raised up. Where we all are witnesses. Therefore, being by the right hand of God exalted. Therefore, Jesus being by the right hand of God exalted. And having received of the Father. The promise of the Spirit. He has shared for this. He has shared for see this. And hear. Which now we see and we hear. For David is not ascended into the heavens. For David is not ascended into the heavens. But he saith himself. But David the Lord himself said, said unto my Lord, the Lord said unto my Lord, 
sit down on my right hand. Sit down on my right hand. Until I make thy foes thy footstool. Until I make thy foes a footstool. You can write. He rose and went to the right hand of the Father. Jesus rose and went to the right hand of the Father. Jesus rose from the dead and he went to the right hand of the Father. What is the right hand of the Father? Ephesians 1, 20 to 23. What is the right hand of the Father? When we say he's at the right hand of the Father, what does it mean? Ephesians 1, 20 to 23. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 20 to verse 23. Mm -hmm. Which he wrote in Christ. Which he raised from the dead. When he raised Jesus from the dead. And set him on his own right hand. He set Jesus on his own right hand. In the heavenly places. In the heavenly places. Far above all principality. Far above all principalities. And power. And power. And might. And and dominion. And dominion. And every name that is named. And every name that is named. Not only in this world. Not only in this world. But also in that which is to come. But also in the world that is to come. Also in the world. And he has put all things. Under his feet. Under his feet. And gave him to be the head over all things to the church. And giving him to be the head of all things to the church. Now, very importantly, you can write this. He is at the right hand of the Father. It means all authority. The right hand of the Father means all authority. You see, it's not like our English language where right hand means my deputy. Oh, meet my right hand. My right hand man. That is like saying deputy. But right hand, it means regency. Regency. Right hand is regency. That is to take the place of somebody. So Jesus rose to take the place of God. It also means to sit in for. So after Jesus' resurrection, he now sits in for God. We are defining the right hand. To sit in for, it also means to be given power and authority. So Jesus has been given power and authority. To be given power and authority. Better still, right hand also means to act in the stead. To act in the stead. Where can we find that? John chapter 5, verse 22. John 5, 22. John chapter 5, verse 22. Mm-hmm. For the Father judgeth no man, uh-huh. but has committed all judgment unto the Son. But he has done what? Committed all judgment unto so the Son. So God has committed all judgment to the Son. Verse 27. 
John chapter 5, 27. John 5, 27. Mm-hmm. And had given him authority. God has given judgment also. He says authority to execute what? Judgment also. Judgment also. Because he is the son of man. Because he is the son of man. Matthew 28 verse 18. We are looking at how Jesus sits at the right hand and how all authority belongs to Jesus. Matthew chapter 28 verse 18. Uh-huh. And Jesus came and spake unto them saying. Jesus came and spake unto them after resurrection. This is right after resurrection. He came and spake unto them and he said what? All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Jesus says all power is given unto me. The word power there is exousia. It means authority. Exousia is spelled E-Z-O-U-S-I-A. E-Z-O U-S-I-A. E-Z. Sorry. E-X. Sorry. The word is X. Like Exodus. Exousia. E-X-O-U-S-I-A. All power means all authority. Can you take it again? So all authority. All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Use authority. All authority is given unto me in heaven and in earth. In heaven and in earth. Please, note this. I'll be explaining later. I'm sure on Sunday or something. The word heaven is the space of God in humanity. Heaven is God's place on earth. Heaven is a space of God in humanity. Heaven is God's place on earth. So all authority, where God sits and where humans reign, has been given unto me. That's what Jesus was saying. And this thing happened at redemption. At redemption, all God's authority, God's place in humanity, was given to Jesus. Philippians chapter 2, verse 9 to 11. Philippians 2, 9 to 11. Philippians chapter 2, verse 9 to verse 11. Philippians 2, 9 to 11. Wherefore God also has highly exalted Wherefore God also have highly exalted Jesus. So notice that it's God who has highly exalted Jesus. Uh And given him a name which is above God is the one who has given him a name that is above what? Every name. Every name. That at the name of Jesus. You see, there's a key thing there. He says that at the name. I have explained it. Let me emphasize it for clarity. He didn't say that at the mention of the name. We always say at the mention of the name Jesus. No, no, no. no. That at the name of Jesus. 
that at the name of Jesus, what happens at the name? Every knee should bow. Every knee should bow. That at what the name, please heaven? underline that at the name. Very key. You know why it is not the mentioning of the name of Jesus that knees bow. At the name, precise, accurate knowledge is important. At the name of Jesus, every knee should bow. Uh, of things in heaven. Of things in things heaven. In earth. And things in earth. And things under the earth. And things where? Under the under earth. Under the earth. Eleven. And that every tongue should confess. And that every tongue should confess. That Jesus Christ is Lord. So first key thing we have studied is that it's God who gave that authority to Jesus. He made him to act. So he says that at the name of Jesus, every knee bow. That every tongue confesses that Jesus is Lord. So you be saved is not confessing God, the Father, or the Holy Spirit. And when you confess the Lordship of Jesus, he says what? To the glory of God the, the Father. glory goes to the Father. When you confess, God is not in competition. Better so God the Father is not in competition with God the Son. When you confess the Lordship of Jesus, when you do that, glory goes to the Father. Because it's the Father who gave his seat to Jesus. Now, I made you underline the word name. The word name in the Greek is authority, position, and power. The word name, the word name is position, is authority, position, and power. Onoma. Onoma is like an idea name. Onoma. Onome. O-N-A-M-A. Onoma is the word name in the Greek. Onoma. So at the authority of Jesus, at the position of Jesus, at the power of Jesus, every knee bows, every tongue confesses his lordship. So Onoma. O-N-O-M-A is the word name. It means authority, position, power. Next point, he was given this at redemption. He is exalted. Jesus was given this position, power, authority at redemption. He is exalted. 1 Corinthians 15, 27. I am running out. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Verse 27. 1 Corinthians 15, 27. For he has put all things under his feet. For God has put all things under Jesus' feet. But when he said all things are put under him, uh -huh. it is manifest that he is accepted which did put all things under him. Mm. All things have been put in under his feet. Jesus has been exalted. 
Please read that verse again. Let me explain something to you. First Corinthians chapter 15, verse 27. Mm-hmm. For he has put all things under his feet. For he has put all things under his feet. But when he saith all things are put under him. But when he says all things are put under him. It is manifest that he is accepted. It is manifested that he is accepted. Which did put all things under him. What it means is that, please write it, it's only the father who is not under Jesus. He is the giver. It is only the father who is not under Jesus. Because he, the father, is the giver. But all things, everything, nothing exempted is given to Jesus. You are wrapping up. Next point. Jesus said, where I am, you will be also. So let's find out where is Jesus. He says, where I am, you will be also. So where is Jesus? Where is Jesus? Notice that when Jesus was saying this, he was limited. So he couldn't say some things. John 16, 12 and 13, Jesus says something for us to see his limitation. He was limited in communication. John chapter 16, verse 12 and verse 13. Mm-hmm. I have yet many things to say he unto said, you. I have yet many things to say unto you. But ye cannot bear them now. So it is not Jesus who could not, they could not bear. So he was limited in communication to them what they have, what they will become, where they are. So he said, I have many things to tell you, but you cannot bear them now. Eh? How be it when he, the spirit but of how truth be it is come, when he, the spirit of truth is come, he will guide you into all truth. He will guide you into all truth. All For that shall we needed to know that we couldn't have known because of limitation of understanding. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide us into all the truth. Eh? For he shall not speak of himself. For he is not going to speak of himself. But whatsoever he shall hear. But whatsoever he shall hear. That shall he speak. That shall he what? Speak. speak. And he will show you things to come. And he was going to show you things that were to what? To come. So let's look at what the epistles say. The epistles inform us by the Spirit where the mansion is and where we are. The epistles is where we find the mansion that Jesus spoke about and where the believer is. Because where he is, is where we are. Let's look at Colossians chapter 3, verse 1. Colossians chapter 3, the verse number 1. If ye then be risen with Christ, if you be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above. Seek those things which are above. 
where Christ seated on the right hand of where God. Christ is sitting on the right hand of God so if we are risen with Christ where Christ is sitting is where we are we were raised with Christ at salvation by redemption he is seated on the right hand of God and it is not a sofa or a chair it is a position it is an authority we are seated where Christ is sitting not on a sofa or a chair we are seated in position and in authority seated above means to reign when you say you are seated above it means you reign you reign so we are raised with christ at salvation by redemption he is seated on the right hand of the father and where he is sitting is not a chair, it's a position, it's an authority. We are looking at where we are. So if you were raised together with Christ, we are where he is. He says, where I am, that's where you will be also. Look at John chapter 17, verse 22 to 23. John chapter 17, verse 22 and verse 23 mm-hmm. and the glory which thou givest me and the glory oh. giving them oh 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 jesus is saying and i have given them i have given them that them is talking about you and i mm-hmm. that they may be one even that as they we are may one. be one even as we are one He's not talking about you know being cast any book. The union between God the Father and God the Son is the union he's talking about. That as I am in you and you are in me, God the Father, let them also be in us as we are in each other. Is that clear? So this is not preaching unity of you have to be one. No, no, no. There's nothing wrong with being one with somebody. But this verse is talking about the union of divinity and humanity. That union that Paul talks about in Philemon, that the communication of your faith is only effective by the acknowledgement. That communication, koinonia, union, participation, sharing. So Jesus says, Father, me and you, we are one. I pray that they also be one with us as we are one. So he's talking about the union. We are finding where we are. Is that the end of the verse? No, sir. That they may be one. Even that as they we may are be one. one. Even as we are one. I in them. I in them. And thou in me. And you, God, in me. That's the union he's talking about. That they may be made perfect in one. That they may be made perfect in one. And that thou and that the world may know that thou hast sent me. And that is going to be a proof that you sent me when people see me in you and you in them. Fantastic. So next point. We share the same glory as the Son. You and I. Every believer must know 
that you share the same glory with Christ. This is something you must know. Every believer must know you share the same glory with the Son, which is Christ Jesus. We are one. That is, we are in union with Christ, with the Father. We are in union with Christ, with the Father. You are, you the believer, you are in Christ. And because you are in Christ, you are far above principalities, powers, your hometown witches. So don't bring your level down. You are far above any witch or principality. The believer's authority cannot be reduced. The believer's authority cannot be tamed or reduced. Your authority is in Christ. The believer's authority is in Christ. So you don't look down on yourself. You don't reduce that authority. So don't sink down at your feet. Oh God is the most I place. I want you to write the next point in capital. My last two points and we are done for today. Very important. Please write it in capital. We have humbled ourselves into submission to sin consciousness. We have humbled ourselves into submission to sin consciousness and the sense of unworthiness. The devil's work is to make you think you are humbling yourself by submitting yourself to sin consciousness and the sense of unworthiness. All these things are the work of the devil. God will never make you feel unworthy. Never. So don't come and cry down. God is not sitting upside down. In Christ is the most high place. Write it. In Christ is the most high place. The highest place of God is in Christ. So when you are in Christ, you are in God's most high place. So we must see ourselves in him. And we must see ourselves like him. I must see myself in Christ. I must see myself like Christ. I don't work to be like Christ. I am like Christ by virtue of redemption. My actions don't make me like Christ. I am like Christ, so I act like Christ. I don't act to be like Christ. I am like Christ, then I act like Christ. I don't act to be like Christ. My actions don't make me like Christ. Because I am like Christ, I then act by who I am. Not I act to become. This is how you became like Christ. It is the work of the gospel preached unto you. And when you believe the gospel, you became like Christ. To become like Christ is the work of the gospel. To become like Christ is the work of the gospel. 
So when you were preached that Christ died, Christ was buried, Christ rose from the dead, the moment you believed it, you became like Christ. Our last verse of scripture. First John chapter 4, verse 17. First John 4, 17. So the reason why you are going to have boldness on the day of judgment is that just as he is, so are you in this world. The believer is not scared of the coming of Christ or the going of Christ. He says, this is our boldness. That as he is, so are we in this world. That is the word of God. And that is what I believe. So every believer must have this accurate knowledge and be confident of himself that Christ that lives in him has made him just like he is. We do a recap and we are done for our Easter service.